I'm, um, I'm privileged today to be able to, um, along with our other elders, to uh, present one of the messages. And I have chosen today, as you have seen in the outline in your bulletin perhaps, that I am uh, speaking on the uh, Gleaning from the Life of Christ series, and I'll be doing today Learning from Christ about Wisdom. What a subject. It's a great subject that we don't like to talk about maybe too often, nor do we do it, but it certainly is a very important one. Let's start with a word of prayer, please. Father, thank you that we are allowed to be in your presence today. Thank you that we can talk to you, our Heavenly Father, and we pray your blessing upon this service today that Jesus will be honored and glorified and his name uplifted and honored and help us as we develop this message today that we can all understand it and realize the greatness of our wonderful Savior in whose name we pray, amen. There's a lot of definitions for wisdom. If I ask each one of you today to give me a definition of wisdom, I'm sure you'd give me one. Uh, uh, kind of a famous one is that they would say, well, the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise, and of course we've heard this statement a lot, a lot of times, listen to the words of wisdom. Listen to his words of wisdom. Wisdom, and this is a good one too, wisdom is the appropriate application of knowledge. But you know, the Bible does talk about wisdom, and the Bible talks about two kinds of wisdom, and that's what we want to understand today as we start this message. There is an earthly wisdom. It's given to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 19, which says, for the wisdom of of this world. Did you catch that? The wisdom of this world. So that's one kind of wisdom. It's earthly wisdom, worldly wisdom. It says, the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he catches the wise in his own craftiness. There's another verse in 1 Corinthians 2.13 that talks about wisdom too. It just says, it says man's wisdom. So there is the there is the earthly wisdom, and then there is another kind. Uh, it's, it's, a very, it's a very important kind, and we, as we go through God's word, we can, we can uh, see it, and it's uh, wonderful to uh, understand what, in fact, when you talk about worldly wisdom or man's wisdom, uh, I remember Dr. J. Vernon McGee, who was my teacher in school many years ago, he said uh, he was golfing with a friend and it started to rain and the guy put on his hat, he already, already had it, I'm sure he had it on anyway, but he, had a, he put a, adjusted his hat and it was raining and he said to Dr. McGee, what do you suppose we ought to do? And Dr. McGee says, well, we could get out of the rain and... Uh, you see, uh, sometimes man's wisdom gets kind of weak. And, you, you know, after all, you dummy, get out of the rain. And, uh, <laughs> in the book of James, we're not going to go there, but in, in chapter 3 and verse 14, I'll tell you, it gets kind of down to brass tacks about this matter of wisdom. He says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts... Do not boast and lie against the truth. And then in verse 15, he says, This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. Wow. So you see, folks, 
The wisdom that this earth produces is not really too good, but there is a heavenly wisdom from above, and boy, that is really wonderful, wonderful to know. Now, there are two verses I have chosen uh, in our outline about uh, wisdom and it's in relation to Jesus, and the answer is Jesus is our wisdom. I love this. I love this so much. Listen to 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 24. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, listen to this, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Who is wisdom? Christ. Listen to the next verse, 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So, wisdom from God, Jesus Christ. So, the question is, what is wisdom? Well, this is a Polson definition, but it's a biblical definition as well. What is wisdom? Well, simply put, dear people, it's doing things God's way or doing things Jesus' way. This is such a marvelous principle that I just absolutely love it all the time. He is wisdom. Jesus is wisdom. So what he does, what he does was always wise. So you could go through the entire New Testament and all the verses that talk about Jesus, everything he did was God's wisdom. It was wise. It's good to pay attention to because he is wisdom. So, I've only brought four illustrations of that from the Bible. And then the fifth point in our outline is a personal testimony, which I will bring at the end of the service, of course. Wise word, first of all, there's wise words about salvation. Uh, what did Jesus say about salvation? What, what can he help us with about the word for salvation? Well, I'm going to ask you to do something, and uh, it's something that you have to do in your own heart. You can't tell your neighbor. You don't have to tell your neighbor because I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to use your imagination and right now draw a circle around yourself. Wherever you're seated, just put an imaginary circle around yourself. And remember, you are inside the circle. And now that circle around you, I want to, I want to ask you this question. Would you listen to Matthew 11:28? Listen to the words of Jesus. Remember, Jesus is wisdom. So whatever he brings us is something that we need to listen to and we need to pay attention to it very closely. So here's what Matthew 11, verse 28 says. Jesus saying, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, dear people, the Bible says that every person is a sinner. Every person is lost without Jesus. Every person who is lost without Jesus is not going to heaven. And so Jesus comes to us inside that circle around you and asks you and talks to you, come to me, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. We all labor under many problems in life. If you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, you are laboring under the burden of sin without any hope for your life beyond death except eternal punishment. But Jesus comes and tells you inside that circle in the quietness of your own soul, my dear friend, he says, come to me, dear sinner. You're, you're laboring under your sin. You're heavy laden. He says, I will give you rest. Jesus will forgive you of your sins right now. Cleanse your life and give you the hope and the promise that when you die, you will go into the presence of Jesus and not go into a Christless eternity. So dear friends, what a wonderful thing. I hope you can hear him calling your name today, come to me. Have you listened, have you heard him say it? Maybe many of you, many of you I know have heard him say it a long time ago, long time ago. Are you weary of life? Are you tired of sin? Are you working under a heavy load in your heart and you need relief? Come to Jesus and let him give you rest and forgiveness and pardon and cleansing from your sin. He will do that. The Lord is so gracious. He tells us in the word, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. That includes everyone in this room. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that a wonderful verse? I did it when I was 13 years of age in, a, in, in the uh, Eastside Baptist Church in Phoenix, Arizona, when Pastor Kendall gave the invitation and I was under conviction. I knew I was a sinner, and I knew if I didn't change, I'd be in a mess if I died. But the invitation was given, and my dear granddad just kind of, I've told you, many of you already heard this, my granddad just stepped down to where I was seated. He just looked at me, and it drew me to Jesus, and I received him as my Savior that morning in Eastside Baptist Church. And I tell you, that was 77 years ago. Did you know, dear people, that as I speak with that imaginary circle around you, you can hear the voice of Jesus and you can say to him right now, Jesus, I want you as my savior. I want to be forgiven of my sin. You can do it right now, right now. Doesn't take a preacher, doesn't take anyone, just takes you and Jesus and settle that problem so that you will be safe in the arms of Jesus. And after the service, come and tell us. I'll be sitting over here or standing. Come and tell me about it if we can help and talk to you any more about that. Okay, there's a, there's a second time that Jesus showed his wisdom, and I called it the wise words about service. The first one was wise words about salvation. The second one is wise words about service. And that's found in Matthew 4, 18 to 20. I love these two verses. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, and Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, 
and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. You see, when Jesus, when Jesus called these two men, these two fishermen, <clears throat> he had a job for them to do. And the job was to be fishers of men, which means telling other people about Jesus so they will accept Jesus as their savior. And that's the way it goes. That's why we have churches to preach the gospel, to tell people about Jesus. So you see, we are called to be witnesses. So this matter of service is so important that Jesus re refers to here. Uh, he, they, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. God, Christian, God wants you to do something. He doesn't want you to just sit and never do anything. He wants you to be in service for him. You can't all go to the missionary field like we did. You can't all be preachers like I am for a few years anyway in my life. And there are a lot of, but all of us can be witnesses. What does that mean? It means you can just use your life in your mouth to tell other people about Jesus. It, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, that's a good verse. So if you're redeemed, say so. Tell someone about it. Share your faith with, with someone else. It's wonderful. Not only are we to be witnesses, but I'll tell you, you can be, you can be of service that Jesus talks about here. You can be, you can be a good, you can be a good employee. I love this verse in Ephesians. Uh, Paul says, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants, that means an employer, of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Listen to this one. Bond servants, obeying all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of, of heart, fearing the Lord. These are talking about people who have a job and who are working. So you can be a wonderful testimony for the Lord in the place where you are working, no matter where that is. Ephesians 6, 7 says, with goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. I used to tell men that had jobs when I was a pastor and spoke to groups about employment. I says, you know, uh, uh, let's just use in Talco, for example. I said, you know, uh, you, you work for the Lord, but in Talco pays the bill. Isn't that wonderful? That's what you're supposed to do. You're, whoever your boss is, he pays your bill. He pays your bill, but you're working for the Lord. And if you're not, dear friends, Jesus is saying, Listen to my words about service. Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Um, whatever you do in heart, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. What a word about service. There's a third thing that Jesus gives us a wonderful example about because he is wisdom. So whatever he says about a given subject, we better listen because he really means it. Wise words about prayer. Prayer. <clears throat> Luke 6, 12 says, Now it came to pass in those days that he, Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And then in Romans 8, 34, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. I bring these verses out to show you that Jesus, our Savior, Prays for us. He prays for you by name. He knows you. 
He prays for you. What a comfort to know. We ask everybody to pray, to pray for us, and uh, we should. But it's wonderful to realize that Jesus prays for us as well. What a, what a wonderful thing to know. And Jesus said, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. And then, you know, Jesus looked on down through the years, and he saw people who were going to come to Jesus and receive him. And so here's what he said. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So Jesus is praying for people to get saved even in this service today. Now, Jesus gave the great example of how to pray. Uh, he, didn't, he, he was teaching his disciples how to pray. This is not Jesus' prayer. He was teaching his disciples how to pray and some of the things that could be included in his prayer. And it's so wonderful in Matthew 6, 9. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, let your name, O God, be holy. What a, what a prayer to make in your daily prayer as you are listening and obeying the Lord Jesus about prayer. Just remember to make Jesus holy in your life every day. That's what it means. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Then look what it says. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. These are wonderful things that we could talk a lot about, but I'm just briefly mentioning them. Give us this day our daily bread. Sometimes people don't even thank God for the things they're eating. I, I remember when I worked in Phoenix, Arizona, I went out to a meal with some of the employees, the, my fellow employees, employers, and uh, they were, uh, <clears throat> we had a meal, and I asked this lady, if she'd like to lead us in prayer. And she said, oh, I don't do that. She was a Christian, never, never prayed in public. What a shame. I love to pray in public. Let someone know that I'm a believer in Jesus. Maybe it'll help them. And you see, give him thanks for your daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's a huge subject there. A lot of things that we, that we need forgiveness for and to do, and that he is talking about that. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And I just wonder, dear people, if you're taking time to pray each day, because Jesus really who is wisdom, taught us how to pray and wants you to pray and wants me to pray. Now there's another word, there's another word in the wonderful list as we go through the New Testament. You could choose hundreds of subjects, but here's the fourth one. Wise words about temptation. Isn't that something? Wise words about temptation. Does the Bible say anything about temptation? Oh, yes. Listen to this one, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except, he's talking to Christians, except as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may, may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. What a, what a verse on temptation. And uh, we will never be, 
we will never be tempted as Jesus was tempted. But you remember the story that we're going to look at just very briefly. But we are tempted by the devil all the time. He is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's what it says in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, talking to we Christians, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil wants to devour you, Christian. So learn how to face temptation. Jesus answered every temptation that he had with scripture. Let's look at that very quickly. Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. And, and I'm just going to read these because they are so important. I don't have to make a comment about them because they teach themselves what we need to know. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, Matthew 4, 1. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, can you imagine that? Afterward, he was hungry. Who wouldn't be? Now when the tempter came to him, verse 3, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now listen to what Jesus said. This was a temptation that Satan gave Jesus. Here's what Jesus said. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Listen to what Jesus said. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. That's all he said. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. See, he used scripture. These are verses from the scriptures that he used against the devil. Your words, my words against the devil won't do anything, dear people, but Jesus and his words from the word of God make a lot of difference when you're trying to fight the devil. Again, the devil took him up on verse 8, exceeding high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, here comes another verse, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. This is what we should do too. When Satan tempts us, you're tempted, I'm tempted, we're all tempted. You know what they are, I know what mine are. But Satan tempts us, we should respond with the word of God. You know what David said in Psalm 119, verse 11? Listen to this choice word of wisdom. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Memorizing and knowing the word of God in our hearts and in our minds is one of the greatest tools that we have against, against the temptation of the devil. So we need to read God's word, dear people, when, to be prepared for the time when Satan tempts us. We need to read the word of God. We need to memorize it. Like I said, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's what David said. He hid the word of God in his heart. That means he memorized it. He knew God's word. And then we're supposed to use God's word. How do you do that? Well, uh, 
David said it nicely in Psalm 119, 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. When God's word is in your heart and in your mind, it will guide you along life's pathway, helping you to fight against those, those things that come uh, as you from the temptations of the Lord. That brings us to number five in our outline. <clears throat> it says, how to make this work for my life. And uh, I'm doing this because it's a personal testimony. Many of you have heard it already, but this is so practical. You see, Jesus is wisdom, and he wants us to walk in wisdom toward those who are without. He wants us to have his wisdom. And so in James chapter 1 and verse 2, listen to what it says. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, how do you like that for something? You see, when troubles come to you and to me, our reaction is normally not to be happy, correct? Not many people get happy when you have troubles, do you? James is saying, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. When you have troubles in life, if you have a problem with your health, if you have a social problem, a personal problem, if you have a sinful problem, if you have any kind of a problem, listen, listen to what we are told in the Word of God. Count it all joy when these things come. Now, we have them, we have them every day, folks. They happen all the time. I'm just going to bring you one that happened with me when we worked for Shepherds and we had a trailer and Margie and I traveled for 11 years after we pastored this church. And um, we had a, I had a brand new Cougar Montana trailer. And I got to the top of Snoqualmie Pass. And as normally, I would check the, um, I would check the tires and see if everything was okay. And I stopped to do that. And when I came around to the, to the passenger side of the trailer and the truck, I noticed that from about five feet downward, the entire brand new trailer was painted with a snow white dripping paint. I had not gone through any traffic zones. I had not gone through any place where signs that said, be careful because they're striping the pavement. They were not striping the pavement. To this day, it's a mystery. But all I know is that my new trailer was painted five feet down with snow white dripping paint of some kind. Now what did James tell Ralph Polson to do? <laughs> my brethren counted all joy when you fall into various trials. Now I'm, I'm either going to obey it or I'm not going to obey it. I had decided a long ago because I'd already been a minister for many years by that time that I was going to obey it, so I counted all joy. I says, thank you, Lord. I don't know why, but thank you. <laughs> James goes on to say this, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I need that, of course. Let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
And then look what he says in verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. That is one of the most precious verses in all the Bible, dear people. You know why? Did you see what it says? If any of you lack wisdom, remember? Who is wisdom? Jesus. What is wisdom? Wisdom is doing things Jesus' way. Wisdom is doing things God's way. So, my trailer is painted, and I'm thanking the Lord for it. And then I say, Lord, I need your wisdom because I want to do this Jesus' way, not Ralph Polson's way. I want to solve this problem your way, not my way. That's what wisdom is. So I said, Lord, help me. I need your wisdom. I don't know what to do, but I know you do, and you will give me the answer what to do with the dripping paint on my trailer. James went on to say in verse 6, but let, let, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So I didn't want to be that kind of a man. So Lord, thank you for the problem with my trailer. Now please give me wisdom to know how to solve the problem because I do not know what to do. God loves to hear that from you, my dear friend, with every problem that you have, sickness, problems in the family, problems in your marriage, problems of your, your sinful life, problems in any area you can think of. That's what God wants from you, to go to him and ask him for wisdom how to help you through this situation. So, I believe that God would give me an answer to my problem, and so uh, Ellensburg was down the road, but it was a long ways to go yet. I thought, oh, that paint is drying, but I'll see if I can do something in Ellensburg. So I went to Ellensburg, my famous gas station, filled up with gas, and as I was filling up with gas, I saw something that I never saw before in all the years that I filled up with gas at that station, 11 years. I looked up like this over to the left and a huge sign across the field said, you know what it said? Truck. It, it said truck washing. Truck washing. Ooh, I kind of need a truck washing, don't I? So after I bought the gas, I went over to the truck washing, told the man my dilemma, and he said, well, let's give it a try. So. We put the car through the truck wash, and it came out spotlessly clean. He came to me afterwards and he said, Ralph, if you had waited 15 more minutes, the paint would never have come off. Do you think Jesus knew that? Of course. That's why he gave me the sense, because I don't have any, to <laughs> to see the sign that said truck washing. I'd, I wouldn't have known what to do otherwise unless to go and, and uh, go to the store and buy, uh, buy half a ton of towels and try to rub the, the paint off. I didn't know what to do. 
but it was all taken care of. And you see, folks, that's what happens if you will allow God to do things His way that come in your life. Doing things God's way pays off. I could give you many more stories about what I just said of other incidences that happened in my life, how God, when I asked for wisdom, He helped me and solved the problem in some of the most unusual ways that you will never imagine, including many things that happened in Brazil when we lived there. So it happens all the time. Dear folks, will you promise the Lord today, from this day forward, that you will just thank Him for things that happen in your life and go to Him and say, Lord, just give me wisdom so I'll know how to solve this problem, whatever it may be. And He will do it. He will help you. He will give you the answer. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the practical, practical Word of God which helps us so much in our lives and gives us answers to the problems of life. I ask, O oh God, that today, those here today who are with us have made decisions for you even during this service by trusting Jesus as their personal Savior for the forgiveness of sins. Help, O oh God, that others who have problems of other natures will come to you and allow you to be the one that resolves their problems because they have asked for wisdom, which means doing things God's way, and then the beautiful, beautiful experience of seeing how you do that and work in their lives to solve the problem. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for the preciousness of it. Thank you for these dear people who listen today. Bless their hearts. Teach them. Help them. May decisions be made today that will count for eternity. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm right down in front here. If, you, if I can help anyone, please come down and talk to us.